Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you subscribe, leave a review, it helps us out. Today, it's just me here. Um, we uh, we missed last week's because we were out at the national championships. And you know what, I even brought my mic, but you know things got too busy and... Uh, Never got around to doing the podcast, but uh, it was a fun uh, fun trip out there to Las Vegas for the national championships. And uh, I think this week, um, Tyree is out at the um, NSCA conference in Louisiana, um, getting uh, doing some stuff with West Virginia and all that, and uh, improving upon his coaching skills. And George is getting packed up and ready to drive out here to South Carolina. So you just get me today. Um, so I was just going to talk a little bit about the uh, the Nationals. We'll keep this one pretty short. Um, we had three people going out to Nationals this year. We had uh, George, uh, Aaron, and Tyree. Um, and George went up first, and he competed in the, the under-25 National Championships. This this was his last year as an under twenty five, and uh, so he went in there. He he didn't do bad. Um, he was definitely ready for more. He ended out with a two seventy two kilo total, which was about two kilos away from his uh, his best total. Um, but he was he was ready for that two eighty ish mark. Um, but just the the way that uh, competitions go, that doesn't always happen. So let's see. We'll pull up his results. So he ended out eighth overall, eighth in the snatch and seventh in the clean and jerk. Uh, he opened up, smoked his 118 snatch. And then uh, just the nature of that session, he was in the A session for the U25s. They had a lot of people at 120, um, which is kind of fun to like get into that mix and like figure out how to, uh, you know, compete well when everyone else is taking the same weights and make sure you don't get too big of a, of a rest. So then we went to 121 and still when we went from 118 to 121, it was a pretty long rest. Uh, and then just, uh, he ended up missing 121 and then we missed 123 for the third attempt. So going in, missed two of the snatches, um, had some fire in his belly, so he went after uh, his clean and jerk opener at 151, uh, smoked it, and then 154 for his second attempt, which was a PR clean and jerk competition, and uh, that one was even better. And then he went out there for 157, which would have been a PR total as well. Um, and 157 actually wouldn't have changed his placement, but it was like, you know, that was a that was a big. That was a PR qualifies you for nationals the next year and all that. Um, and it made the clean even better, but just missed the jerk, uh, that last clean jerk. So we finished the day out with uh, a three for six performance and a 272, which is, again, it's only two kilos away from his best total. So pretty good. Um, ending up at eighth and, you know, you're really learning how to uh, get in the mix of like all of these people going for uh, the same weight as you. So there was definitely a lot of learning experiences, a lot of things that he's going to be able to take 
into, um, you know, his, uh, his competitions in the future and about how to do really well. And, you know, that was something that, uh, is interesting when I was coming up in weightlifting, there wasn't really a whole lot of opportunity for sessions like this because of the weightlifting in the United States wasn't as deep. So, you know, usually you might go back and forth with like one or two people, but for the most part, you're just following yourself. Even if you're in the middle of the session, you know, there's just not as much depth back then as there is now. Um, so like when you go to international meets, you have that depth. So it's great for, uh, you know, the USA athletes to have such, such a, uh, a deep, uh, weight class, you know, pretty much across all the weight classes, except, you know, kind of the outliers. I think the, uh, you know, the supers and the, and the, the featherweights are all kind of a little bit of outliers just because there's not as many people competing in those. Um, you know, even for example, in the 55 men's category, there was only four people. Um, and then in the supers, there was 13. Um, so there's just not as many people in those outlier weight classes, just that like those middle weight classes is like the average weight of an American and they, they just get stacked. Uh, so overall I was pretty happy with George's, uh, competition. He was, um, he was hungry for some more, which is always good. Um, and then kind of moving forward, we are going to move towards, uh, doing more local competitions. And then speaking of that, um, we're going to try to get a lot of people out at the uh, Southeastern weightlifting championships in Charlotte at Sugar Creek Brewery. Um, and just, uh, you know, just start getting out there and, uh, having people compete more, learn how to compete, uh, kind of push themselves a little bit, just have more learning experiences. It's almost like we kind of got in the habit of not competing after all this like coronavirus stuff. Um, but competition's fun, and you can learn a lot about yourself and uh, and how you compete um, just by doing more and more. So uh, next up, we actually had Tyree and Erin going at the same time. She was uh, on a different platform at the same time. So they weighed in at like 6 a.m. on a Friday morning or something. And uh, Erin came out made her opening snatch and uh then she ended up bombing out let's see if i can pull up her uh her results nope i'm getting the men's um so i don't know exactly what happened there because george was actually coaching aaron and uh i was coaching tyree on the other platform so george couldn't make it on the podcast this morning but uh, he was going to give the recap of that. So maybe we'll save that for the next uh, the next uh, podcast. So she was a 64. And... Oh, let's get through this list. Going through these spreadsheets. Um, uh, sorry, she was a 59. And she ended up... She snatched 72. And then ended up bombing out. Um, so we'll let George kind of go through and uh, and talk about uh, her performance. And then last up, we have uh, Tyree, who I coached in the 81s. Uh, the 81 
B session at the same time at 8 a.m. They were lifting. Um, and he did pretty good. He was, uh, he was feeling fast. He was looking snappy. He went out there and, you know, hit some pretty good snatches. Let's see. Let's pull up his results. So he ended up, um, he ended up bombing out. He had a hip injury kind of right, like during his first attempt clean and jerk is when it really flared up. But he was kind of in that same situation that George was in where they opened up at, uh, everyone opened up at the same weight. So, uh, Tyree opened up at 121, and uh, then we took small jumps to 123, and I think we still had a decent amount of rest in between 21 and 23. Um, I was originally thinking of going to 24, but uh, the 24, there was just so many people at 23 that it was just going to be like another like 12 minutes of rest before he took 24. So, we just went out there, and we took uh, 23 small jumps. Uh, I went out there and smoked it. And then we went to 26 and, you know, 25, like 125 is the popular number for weightlifters. You know, it's that even, you know, number and a lot of, um, you know, if you put it in pounds, it's like a 275. So I don't know, it's kind of ends up being a significant number. It's two red plates and the competition collars. So it looks cool. Um, so whenever you have like a weight like that, it's just a lot of people go and they take that weight um, just because it's significant in people's minds. So, um, for his, uh, and that's also Tyree's, uh, PR snatch. Um, so he went for 126 for his third attempt, which normally wouldn't be ideal because, you know, he went two kilos and then he jumped three kilos for his third. You'd normally want to do descending jumps, but just the nature of kind of how things played out, the rest made more sense to go for 26. Um, but then he missed 26 out in front and his hip was bothering him a little bit. Uh, so a couple weeks before that he had gotten his first, uh, cortisone shot in his knee. Um, so if you listen to the podcast, you know, Tyree's got some other odd knee issues, um, that he's working on. And so he, um, he got that cortisone shot and I think like his knee started feeling so good that he started squatting a lot deeper as well. And I think his hip just was like, ah, I'm not ready to squat this deep, um, so I think like the hip flexors just kind of freaked out because they weren't used to being in that much of a closed angle. Um, so on his clean and jerk, he stood his uh, his opening cleaning up at 151 and then immediately had to kind of drop it and kind of like hobble off the stage. Um, so we uh, we thought about it. We, we took him up a little bit to give him some rest to see what was going on, but then we ended up having to scratch um, because uh, you don't want to you don't want to risk an injury, um, for, you know, just something silly like a, um, a national championships, uh, you want to stay healthy, you know, get strong, come back the next year. It's all about longevity. You know, some people think, oh, well, that's the nationals. That's kind of like the big deal. Well, not necessarily because year after year, you can always get better and kind of increase the plate, increase your placement. Uh, it's not worth, uh, worth getting hurt. Um, especially like at a local meet, um, and even at nationals, you know, no, no use pushing yourself into injury, um, you know, play it safe, uh, get strong and, um, get better for next year. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I haven't talked to Tyree too much about how his hip is doing. 
Um, he's supposed to be demonstrating some snatch and clean and jerk at the NSCA conference uh, today. So actually, I wonder how that's going to go. He'll probably have to go pretty light um, or maybe not into the full snatch. Maybe he'll do power snatches. Um, so that'll be interesting to hear what he has to say about that next time. Um, so overall, pretty good. Uh, well, not very good because he had to scratch. Uh, so the uh, I, I don't really consider, I guess it's officially a bomb out because he did take that first attempt and then got injured. Um, but I would call that one more of like a scratch. And I don't know what the, the I, I feel like there's a big difference mentally between scratching and bombing out. Um, and I think I would call what Tyrese was, was mostly a scratch, um, due to injury. So the, uh, there was this company there, uh, Onyx straps and they make uh, weightlifting straps out of leather and all that stuff. And so they, uh, they're just trying to build some hype around their, their business. So they have these shirts that say I bombed out at nationals in Vegas or something. And there's like a a picture of a, like a bomb, like the old fashioned cartoon bombs with the, you know, the circle and it's black and it's got like a fuse coming out the top and uh, then the Onyx logo in there. And uh, so they handed them out. Um, you know, sadly to say, uh, Aaron and Tyree both got one of those shirts. Um, but uh, it, was a, it was a pretty funny idea for Onyx to do that. I don't know if I would wear that shirt, um, but he got it. And, uh, we were joking around with, what do you actually do with that, uh, with that shirt? And, you know, if you're really trying to get into somebody's mind and you, uh, you know, you're playing the whole like, uh, showmanship type thing said, what you do is you take that shirt now that you got it. And then you get the mailing address of your competitor and you mail that shirt to them the week before you compete. (laughs) But no, that's pretty dirty. So you probably shouldn't do it, but you know, if, uh, if you were playing dirty, that would be a good one. Uh, and then we kind of got on the topic of, you know, some things that people would do to try to get into their competitor's head because, you know, that's weightlifter weightlifting is pretty nice and we're, uh, we're kind of a smaller sport. So we all actually know each other. Um, but especially when you're going into international meets, you know, you're going to get into some of that, you know, you're going to get coaches that are going to like stand in front of your platform while you're warming up to like purposely try to mess you up like other teams, coaches, um, and it's, uh, it can be part of the game. So as an athlete, you kind of have to be ready for anything, uh, in those circumstances. Um, but one of my favorite, uh, get in your head type of moments was, um, when, uh, Jared Fleming was going into national championships. I don't remember which, uh, which one, probably 2014. He had gone to this like local meet out in, uh, out in Florida, I forget the name of the meet, but there was like some prize money and stuff and they had like a big venue. It was a good, like they put on a good uh, local meet and they made it exciting with lights and music. So Jared had gone down there and he had broke, he had unofficially broke the American record with a 171 snatch in the 94 kilo weight class. And a couple months later, uh, he was at the national championships. And the day before he lifted, he finally posted that 171 snatch. And he just said, I'm just going to put this right here. And uh, so, like, going into the meet, he was just letting people know, like, hey, I'm going to beat you guys all in snatch. I hit the American record in a competition already, and I'm going to do it again. 
And, um, you know, that doesn't work for everyone. It worked for Jared. Um, I think I've, I've even tried that technique myself just to like, see if, you know, getting that stress of like telling people what I'm going to do will help motivate me and it doesn't work for me. So I don't do that. Uh, but it works for Jared to kind of get into that. And he's like, all right, I put it out there. I better do it. And it, that type of motivation works for him. And it's important to like practice those things and see what helps you perform the best. And, uh, and that's entertaining to watch, uh, when, when he would do something like that, it brings excitement to the sport. So Jared, uh, Jared posted his 171 snatch the night before, and, uh, I'm pretty sure he got in all of his competitors heads and then, um, then he destroyed everyone at that national championships, which is always fun to see. Um, it's fun to watch Jared. Uh, I'm talking about Jared Fleming. And so the other thing that they were doing at this national championships was literally that they were trying to make weightlifting more fun to watch. So this, uh, this new setup that they had is, you know, they have the weightlifting platforms on the side so that the viewers can watch the, uh, the warmups as well as the competition stage. And, uh, there was a whole bunch of, um, uh, controversy leading up to nationals because they announced it one week before nationals and which that was kind of like a, that, that was not ideal to do to announce that the week before nationals, give people a little bit of time to adjust and prepare. Um, but besides that point, like, you know, you still, you show up to nationals and you compete. Um, and, uh, the, the setup, I actually kind of liked it, especially from like a coaching perspective. So I'm sitting there coaching and I'm able to look at all of my competitors, you know, sometimes in the back room, warm up room, all of the platforms are kind of spread out like evenly across all three platforms. So sometimes like sometimes even like somebody from the next session over might be like in your official, you know, group of platforms for your competition when they're in a completely different session. Uh, So it gets a little bit hard to distinguish like who's in your session and who's not sometimes. But with this new setup, it's very clear like, oh, these six platforms are the only platforms that these people can warm up on for this competition. So it makes it easy to like kind of scope out your competition. And uh, you can kind of see like, oh, they got numbers on their singlet. So like, oh, number five hasn't even touched the bar yet. He's probably not going to open up what's declared on like what he has declared. So like you can just take another like an easier look to see, hey, he hasn't even started warming up. He's probably going to open up heavier than this. Or you can be like, wow, that person is having a really tough warm up. He's probably going to stay at that opening weight. So it's a little bit easier to get an idea of, you know, kind of the, the feel and the flow of the rest of the competition. And uh, also when they go up there on stage, you know, it's there's just something a little bit different about watching a lift in person versus watching it on a screen. So for those of you who don't know, when you when you're coaching, there's a screen in the background so that all the coaches in the back can see if that athlete had made that lift or not. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people huddle around that screen, so it's really hard to see anyway. But with this new setup, you could just look over and see the competition platform and you could watch them, you know, be like, Ooh, that opener was like super easy. He's probably going to take a big jump. Like, um, and you get a better idea of, you know, that side of the competition from a coach's perspective. So I kind of liked that. Um, it made it a little bit more, um, a little bit easier 
to coach on that aspect of, um, of weightlifting competitions. Now, on the other aspect, I'm not so sure the viewership was any better. So when they did the live stream, they didn't do anything different. They still just filmed the main platform. So they didn't even show the warm-up room. Um, when you watch from the stands, because I went back and I watched a few sessions, especially like some of the exciting sessions, was like the 81 kilo A session uh, for the national championships. It wasn't, uh, there was a lot of coaches back there and it kind of almost blocked the view for the spectators to see the weightlifters. And I'm pretty sure there was more coaches back there than like ideal, um, which I, that just, that just happens unless they're super strict on like letting people back into the warm up rooms. And really that's, it's such a hard thing to control because, um, you just don't have enough volunteers, especially for a whole week of weightlifting competitions to be able to be like technical controllers and like, you know, only letting the right people in the back warm up room and all that stuff. Um, so like it got pretty messy in the back room, um, especially at the national championships. A lot more people were back there just because, you know, they didn't have anybody really checking to make sure that you had that session tag, like your each session had like a number and you were only supposed to be back there if you had this, the tag that your athlete gets in their weigh-ins for that session. So there was a lot more people back there than, uh, than needed to be. And I think that blocked a lot of the view of people warming up and maybe that was intentional. Maybe those athletes didn't want people watching them warm up. Um, I'm not quite sure about what their intentions were, um, which that would make sense. Um, but either way, like you could get like bits and pieces of like the warm up, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as good viewership as you would have, as kind of like what I think they were hoping for. So that was a little, uh, was a little disappointing on that aspect. Um, maybe if it was cleaned up a little bit more, it might be better, but, uh, occasionally we would kind of look over and be like, Oh, well, so it's 81 A's. I don't know that Travis just snatched 120 and that looked pretty easy. Like it looks like he's moving well today. And then we might see, you know, he was competing against Ryan Grimsland. Um, and then you could kind of see from that same aspect, like, Oh, Ryan is still, you know, I don't know at this weight on clean and jerk. It looks like he's going to push his opener from, I don't know. I think he had declared one, um, 175 or something. I, I'm not sure what he declared, but, um, might have been 180. I think he declared 180. And then we were watching this warm up and it's just like, oh, it looks like he's actually going to take 180 for that opener. Um, so that that kind of made it, it kind of gave you a hint, but you still kind of had to know what you were looking for. Um, so I don't know if that makes it any better for the non-weightlifting knowledgeable person, um, which I assume that that's kind of where they're going with this, trying to make nationals more viewer friendly for the non weightlifting coach or weightlifting athlete. Um, and it's a, it, it's a struggle to kind of figure that out, to figure out how to make a viewership sport out of, um, you just have to give people something to relate to if they don't understand the sport. That's why like football, people will watch football because they don't necessarily know the rules of it, but they can relate to the aggression and the, the fighting. It's the same thing with like MMA. People can watch that because they can, relate to 
you know, the actual fight and the emotional like drama build up to the fight. And uh, that's what they relate to. They don't actually relate to, you know, those specific moves, you know, you know, they don't know what this special move is that that MMA fighter did. They just know that he beat the other guy and the other guy was talking crap. So um, in weightlifting, we just need to find out what that thing is that gives people a connection to the sport or not even to the sport to that individual competition without knowing the rules and the ins and outs of weightlifting. Um, yeah, maybe in, I guess that's kind of what they're kind of trying with this friendship cup and, and this new setup for weightlifting, um, to make it a, more appealing to the IOC and, uh, you know, maybe keep weightlifting in the Olympics. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but, uh, Overall, that, uh, you know, big shout out to all of the people that ran that whole week of nationals. Um, that must be an exhausting job. You know, it's easy to like kind of complain about nationals and, and, and all this, but, uh, you know, in reality, weightlifting meets are run so much better now than they used to be. Um, to gather that many volunteers, you know, I know they don't pay the weightlifting refs enough and they pretty much have to pay out of pocket to go to these things. But it's like, it's a nightmare to like organize all that stuff. So you still, you know, keep things in perspective about USA weightlifting and all that, that, um, you know, they are doing a lot, you know, Phil Andrews did a lot to improve the sport. And now all of the people, that are at uh, USA weightlifting kind of running these um, meets are doing a lot more than you might think to make them run as well as they are. Um, you know, all the volunteers and all of the the staff, cause you know, you got, uh, you got Suji Sanchez and Lorraine Halliford. Uh, and you know what? I don't know if uh, Mike Catone is just in a coaching role or if he helps out with like running the meets. I know he's always back there, you know, at the weightlifting meet, but I'm not sure if he's, um, I'm not sure if he's organizing and all that. It'll, it'll be interesting. I'd have to ask him about that. Um, but either way, it's, uh, I think it was a pretty well-run meet. Um, I think maybe we should expect some more changes to the format of weightlifting because it wasn't quite right. Um, and I think people just need to be prepared in this, like this odd middle ground of the sport where, you know, things are undergoing some change because we're trying to stay afloat, um, trying to stay in the Olympics, trying to, uh, make weightlifting exciting again. Um, so that's all I got to say about that. Uh, maybe we'll have some more conversation on that next time we, uh, next time we pick up, uh, some special highlights, uh, that session with the 81, a was probably the best session that I watched the, the back and forth between Travis and Ryan Grimson and CJ was in that start list, but he, uh, he ended up not coming. Uh, but then he also posted a 202 kilo front squat plus jerk, like the next week, just to like, let people know, like, I think the highest clean jerk was 185. And I think CJ was letting people know, like, Hey, I still got you guys on this clean and jerk, you know, don't get too comfortable down there. at those, uh, 81s, um, which, you know, that's pretty fun. Um, but overall looking forward to the next one. Uh, the American open finals will be in Atlanta, Georgia at, uh, in December. So 
So we'll probably take out a team there as well as the Southeastern Championships in September 24th and 25th. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.